Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Rhonda. Happy Monday. Thank you. Happy Monday to you, too. Well, we should probably warn people that as we were coming on, we said, well, it will be interesting. Yeah, because here we are. So if anybody's here with us, we'd love to have you let us know you're here and, you know, just say hey in the chat. Um, If you have any questions, please let us know. We'll be happy to interact with them. Today, we're going to talk about it's more than being nice. And my phone has just said that we've just gone live on LinkedIn. Just I was just going to say, was that your phone notification that we're live? It, it was my phone notification, yes. I thought I had turned that off, but I guess I had not. So I don't know about you, but the word nice is a word that I used to just, you know, like go right past, but now it kind of sets my teeth on edge. Because really? nice. Yeah, it does. It's just so... Ah, Karen Tiller's with us. Hello, Karen from Westerville. Karen um, is a fellow coach, and I met her in the International Coach Federation here in Columbus. I haven't talked to Karen in a long time. Good to have you with us today, Karen. Um, and I need to turn my phone off because now it's just making all kinds of notes. Popular person over there. Yeah, well, you know how it is. Um, the reason why nice um, doesn't sit so well with me anymore is because it truthfully, it doesn't really mean much of anything anymore. If you tell me that someone is kind, I can do okay with that. I like the word kind, but nice is just me. Yeah. (laughs) How's that for a way to describe it? And in the, in the context that we're talking about here with emotional intelligence, um, some people just think that emotional intelligence is just being nice to the people that you're working with or interacting with in whatever framework you're in in life. The challenge with that is it's so much more than just being nice to other people. I mean, certainly being kind to others and treating them with respect is part of it. That makes sense. Hey, Yasmin, glad you're here with us. But emotional intelligence is much, much, much more than just being kind and respectful to other people. Those are two really good starts to what you're doing. But it is, there's so much more depth to it than that. Um, it's basically, ah, good. Karen, I know you're going to add some stuff to us here. A recent quote I found, in the world when you can be anything, be kind. Yes. 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 Being kind is a good start. And emotional intelligence, being kind is literally a good start with that. Because it's the way we understand ourselves and how we deal with our emotions and how we interact with all the stakeholders in what we're doing. So... Being kind is a great starting point for how we interact with others. We also need to understand our own emotional state at any given time, because if we don't know 
what our emotional state is, we're not going to be able to manage those emotional, manage those emotions and have the self-control we need to be able to um, utilize our emotional cues well. We also are not going to be able to use the adaptability, that achievement orientation, our positive outlook. None of those things are going to happen if we don't know where we are to begin with. And the skills that we have, both in managing our own emotions and dealing with others, um, which is things like practicing empathy, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, having organizational awareness. I mean, we all need to be aware of what's going on around us, how our organization is functioning. Um, Jeff, I have a sense that you like, there's something you want to say, so I'm going to just be quiet. No, You're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you. Like this is uh, all, all true, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about how do you manage yourself and then also understanding where the other person's coming from, you know, that's so important. Yeah. And exactly. And at that time, say that again. Keith didn't grit that time when I said nice. I'm just letting it roll off my back. I'm just practicing being a duck. That's all. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every once in a while. Um, but when we get into the relationship management part of, of emotional intelligence and that domain, some of the competencies are not necessarily all about being nice. You should be kind, but that nice thing is not going to work when you need to be in a conflict management mode. Being kind, treating the other with respect, those are important. But if you're in a con if you're in a conflicted situation, you have to be able to state your own case. You have to be able to <clears throat> lean into what you know in the situation in a kind way, in a respectful way. But that's where you get in trouble with the word nice, because nice means you can't really tell the truth to somebody else sometimes. That's not helpful. Yeah. Especially when you're the leader. Sometimes you have to just call it what it is. Kindly. <laughs> so... I like, and there's another part of this that um, we kind of started talking about before we came on this morning, and I was introducing you to a new concept. There's a guy named um, Gary Chapman who wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and I believe he also has a book about the workplace, too, and I'm sorry to say that I didn't get a chance to go out and look at what the name of the book is for the workplace, but the concept of the five love languages is that we don't all receive love in the workplace, read it, respect, interaction, you know, in the same way. Some people receive love by physical touch. Okay, that's not a workplace thing. We're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, that could be dangerous. <laughs> topic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. Um, by uh, gifts, 
by words of affirmation. Um, and now I'm totally drawing a blank on the other two. Nonetheless, the concept is just because it's how you receive affirmation does not mean it's how the other person does. And in our emotional intelligence, when we're looking at influencing, when we're looking at coaching and mentoring, when we're looking at inspirational leadership, we have to understand what's going to motivate the other person. Mm-hmm. How are we going to find that place where we can, um, where we can share the vision and the others are engaged in the vision and we're, we're all coming at it in this, with our gifts, with our strengths. And as the leader, you're motivating people, you're keeping them connected through knowing what it is that makes them feel rewarded in the situation. Yeah. I just, I found that book, Rhonda. Oh, good. Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. There you go. There, there you have it. This is what you call being a team. Because while I'm talking, he's looking up stuff on the internet. Yeah, so I probably had eyes going off to my other screen as I was <laughs> pulling that up while you were while you were explaining those. <laughs> so that is that would be a great um, book for the workplace, and we will post that in the comments after we're done today, so that people will um, have that reference to be able to go and check it out. Um, And I know, Jeff, that, I mean, all of us have assessments and um, quizzes and what have you that we've been exposed to around how we come to the workplace. There's so many different assessments out there. There's so many different ways of looking at that. I know your personalysis also kind of shows a similar thing. It's it's not love languages. This is not um, ways of showing appreciation in the workplace, but understanding how different people show up and what um, skill sets they have. You want to talk a little bit about how that can help us um, understand how to interact with the other person in the organization? Yeah. So appreciate them. Yeah, like you said, there's a ton of different things. And you and I did uh, personal analysis together. And, you know, one of the dimensions that that measures is communication <laughs> and how you communicate and kind of show up. And then there's an, another dimension of instinctively what you need to make decisions and to be able to move forward with things. Uh-huh. And so those are different, what people see and how they interact with you and what you actually need can be different to when making decisions or in different situations. And, you know, some of those uh, tools, personalysis is just one of them, but some of those tools are really good to help you get that self-awareness of, you know, and, and I like a lot of those, but it's always up to the person taking them on, does this resonate with you? Yeah. Does this fit kind of what you know about yourself? But it can be really beneficial in pulling out you know, some of those things or the ways in which you talk about what your needs might be when you need to make a decision that this is the information that I need in order to make a decision, move on, 
you know, from this as, as the business owner or as the leader, you know, so there are a lot of, a lot of great things, you know, that you can do with that. And I think what oftentimes these assessments do is they can give you a language or a way to talk about them. If you're struggling on how do you, how do you tell people what it is that you need? Right. Absolutely. That's so true, Jeff. And for, because our emotions are in the part are in a part of the brain that does not have language attached to it. When we have, when we get the, the words that resonate with us around what we sense for lack of a better description, it really helps us to be able to um, use those words to to share what we need and and how we can best contribute with the others on our team. So if, for instance, someone would bring you in and have you do personalysis with their team and then, you know, do a, um, a group um, download, for lack of a better description, of it, what the people in the group then get and what the leader of that team would get is... Um, a better picture and a better understanding of how to work with the different people on their teams to help them engage at the highest level possible and also to allow them to contribute at the highest level possible. Who doesn't want to do that? If you're going to be part of a team, you want to be able to give it your best to contribute at your highest level. That's, I mean, if you're going to go to work, let's. Who doesn't want that, right? I, I, that's beyond my comprehension. I mean, I suppose there, there might be somebody in this world that's going to work and just, you know, showing up and getting the paycheck. But if they've ever been in a situation where they really felt they were making a difference, they would seek that out again. Yeah. They would not be looking for a place where they could just phone it in for lack of a better description. That's, that is not. That's not the, not the way to do it. No. Well. It's a way. It is a way to do it. But again, if you've ever been in a situation where you knew that what you were doing was making a difference and you were contributing at your highest level, you wouldn't want to be in that phoning it in space anymore. Yeah. That would be um, a very difficult backward step to take. Yeah. Maybe somebody has to do it in the short term because they're between jobs and they need to put food on the table. And that's a possibility. But in the long term, they're going to want to be looking for something that where they can make that difference. Yeah. That's for sure. So, yes. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry about that. One of the ways to get to that place of being more than nice and really digging into leaning into your emotional intelligence is to find the people who can give you the feedback you need because 
we can't see it fully ourselves. There's the internal self-awareness and there's external self-awareness. Um, we often call this corner four people on our live streams in the inflection point moments because um, Henry Cloud referred to that in the power of the other. <clears throat> and a corner four person is somebody who has your best interests at heart and is willing to tell you the truth about what, what they see that's going on. You need those external people as well as your internal um, awareness because introspection doesn't always get you fully the full picture. For those who've been around a while, you know, like me, Jeff. <laughs> I thought yeah. I'd just say it before you. <laughs> I, did you see the wheels turning like I that? Did. I did see that. Um, there was a concept called the Johari window. And it's a really good concept, but it's been around a good long while. Karen probably knows about this one. The Johari window is a um, concept that says that there are things that you know about yourself that other people don't know. There are things that others know about you that you don't know. That's the frightening space, just for the record. Yeah. There are the things that you know and other people know. And then there are things about you that you don't know and other people don't know. So the goal is to get the space that is what you know and what other people know to be um, as big as possible. Because then you're not, you don't have to go around worrying about what people finding out things about you that you don't want them to know. I mean, we all have something that we don't want other people to know, but you know, let's have that be as small a space as possible. And for heaven's, <laughs> what is old is new again. Absolutely, Karen. Um, and then <clears throat> what other people know about you that you don't know, those are the kinds of things that are going to bite you in the butt. Because those are the kinds of things that are going to be um, where you're unaware of the things that you are doing and the actions that you are taking, whether they are conscious or unconscious, they will be the things that can be your downfall. Let's just phrase it that way. That's a well put way, you know, having that and in, in those four corners to help you see kind of yourself from all those perspectives, you know, can really help with that, that self-awareness. Yeah. It really can. And to have those have those people in your life who can speak into you from the standpoint of, okay, and when this happened, here's some of the implications of that. What did you what did you see out of this situation? Yeah. And when you get that feedback from the, the other person about how they saw it in the situation, and you're like, oh. And sometimes the way we, you know, they're not aligned. Yes, absolutely. We something really well or maybe not so well and the other person sees it a very different way and has that perspective that, that can really help you see maybe closer to what reality look like. 
for others in that room. And and that's re- a really important piece of information to know. I mean, I've been in a situation where I was speaking and I thought I bombed terribly. And the people that were in the workshop that I was doing, thought I did a great job. Well, maybe my expectation of what I was doing was not reasonable. I mean, none of us should expect perfection. We can, we can present, we can do what we're doing with excellence, but to expect it to be perfect is setting yourself up for failure. So why do you do that to yourself? So that's just kind of, that's one of the ways to think about it, but it's also the way of thinking about it to know that you need to be aware not only of yourself from this standpoint, but how the other person is receiving your leadership, your um, interaction with them and recognizing that in order to be more emotionally aware, you need to be able to see from the other person's perspective and lean into that, not from the standpoint of being nice, but from the standpoint of being kind, being clear, being engaged with the people on your team. All of this is really important. And recognizing we all bring different things to the party. So that is a a really, really good uh you know, learning in terms of everyone brings different things to the party. Yeah. And, and that is so important to honor that. And really, if somebody's been listening to us for any length of time whatsoever, and they've missed that part, that everybody doesn't bring the same thing to the party, <laughs> then they're not paying much attention. <laughs> Let's just phrase it that way. That is true. So there's another um, little tip that I'd like to offer from this standpoint. And that is, as you're thinking about, as you're looking at how you're doing and how, um, whether you're moving beyond just being nice, let's phrase it that way, is on the introspection side, don't ask the question, why? You know, why did I do this? Or why was this going back to the doing the workshop? Why do I feel like I just really bombed that workshop? But what do I feel I could do better? Where do I feel um, where do I feel I could improve? Using why questions is not good. It because what it does is makes us defensive. And it, go, it takes us down a rabbit hole. Karen's also um, put a point over here that words and labels create worlds for us. She's quoting Judith, Judith Glazer on that. So it's important to clarify and define the intent of the words or labels we're using. That is so true. Yeah. When we use, when we say that someone um, has a characteristic or someone is a certain way. Well, what does that mean? How does that show up? And is that a good thing? 
or where where is it a good thing? Why do we have this person on our team? Because they were bringing us something. So, and when we're when we're using those words and labels in a feedback situation, we better make sure that that other person understands what we're saying to them. Because if they don't, we just completely wasted the opportunity to engage with that person. Just saying. So um, I was going down a road and I don't know where I went to with that. So um, I think I was talking about what and where versus why. We get better, we get better feedback for ourselves if we go down that road. And to be honest with you, in the conversation with that um, caring other person that's giving us the feedback, they're going to give us better feedback if we use the what and the where and the how questions also. Yeah. But th that's just a, let's just call that a rule of thumb. It's a, a good, a good rule of thumb to have. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would say that pretty much wraps it up. So that's where we are today. A lot of good discussion today on it's more than being nice. Nice. <laughs> Trying to get a response from Rhonda. <laughs> I know, like, and I know exactly what you're doing, and I'm just ignoring you. I know. Well, it's not someone who ignored me. <laughs> That's called conflict management. <laughs> the hands is the face ain't listening. That's what that was. <laughs> Something like that. That's that is uh yeah. I heard that more than once when my kids were growing up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And old is new again because it's coming back again. Great. Maybe that's because your children are getting to that age, Jeff. They are. And I've heard that before as well. <laughs> yeah. What can we say? Well, today um, we talked about it being more than nice, kindness, respect, and how the fullness of emotional intelligence encompasses so much more than just being nice. And I really want to thank Karen and Yasmin for being with us. Karen's yes. comments have really enhanced our conversation because as a really amazing coach, she um, brings a lot to the table from that standpoint, that's for sure. Next week, we are going to talk about being ready to to tip the scale in your favor, moving from scratching out a living to thriving as a business owner because you create alignment of, around the why of your company and the vision with the emotional intelligence um, domains and competencies. So kind of bringing it all together. That's where we're going. All right. I think that's going to be a great way to, to bring kind of the last couple of weeks, what we've been talking about and how it really intersects with, with your business. Absolutely. And then in the month of May, we're going to dig even deeper into each, well, sorry, 
I'm going to say that right. We're going to start a series digging even deeper into each one of the domains. So that's going to be cool too. Yeah. I'm excited. We're going in a cool place, if you ask me. I would agree. It's going to be a cool journey to be to be on the next couple of weeks. So we're going to be back uh, next Monday again at 12.15 Eastern Time for Inflection Point Moments. Absolutely. See you then, Jeff. See ya. Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Hire-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in.